Most of us are under the impression that time, social, and health wealth are available once we experience financial wealth. Oh, I'll have more time freedom when I have the money. Oh, I'll have more energy to be social when I have the money. Oh, I'll be able to invest in my physical health when I have the money. But what if we have this backwards? What if financial wealth is actually the last step of the wealth embodiment journey? What if only once you embody the connection with your time, social, and health wealth, do you truly open up your heart to financial wealth? In this episode, I share with you three ways to embody abundance that have nothing to do with following a budget. Because if you're anything like me and have been an emotional, impulsive spender, then you already know that following a budget, mm, it's not going to work. You have to train your body to experience abundance. Wealth is abundance expressed. The secret to activating abundance is to train your body to play with pleasure in the present, make magic in the mundane, and ritualize your routine. You are listening to The Wealth Witch Podcast. Hey there, boo. I see you, I hear you, I feel you. You're invited to join me your host on a journey of transmuting your witch wounds into wealth. I'm so fulfilled by sharing conversations that initiate you to release judgment and deepen your connection with pleasure and passion. With this podcast, you will find inspiration to awaken the magic of your desires, embody integrity as you expand into leadership, and manifest purposeful and ethical wealth in all of its forms. We are going to talk about the energetics of all things money, menstruation, and manifestation. Because your ability to receive and accept money is manifested in your relationship with worth and value. So if you're a witchy woman excited to enrich your life with wealth, womb wisdom, and woo-woo shit, then you've been divinely guided to let go of the distractions that are stopping you from embracing a life of intoxicating abundance. Stick around, boo. Are you ready to awaken the wealthy witch within you? Hello, witchy soul. Welcome back to another episode of the Wealth Witch Podcast. My name is Amber, and I am your host on your journey of transmuting your witch wounds into wealth. I'm feeling passionate and inspired by today's episode because somewhat recently, it suddenly dawned on me that I have truly embodied what I have been integrating into my life for the past year. So if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, or even if you haven't, back in episode one, I opened up season three with the episode, I filed for financial insolvency. So I invite you to check out that episode if you want to hear the full story behind that. But in a nutshell, the lessons that I had learned that 
brought me to filing for financial insolvency was really all about past Amber's financial mistakes and how they had finally caught up with her. (laughs) Uh, I spent a really good portion of my adult life saying the phrase, oh, that's future Amber's problem. That's future Amber's problem. Don't have the money for it now? Oh, no worry. I'll put it on my credit card now and future Amber can deal with that. I was really financially irresponsible and financially avoidant, financially impulsive for a very long time. And this wasn't solely manifesting in my relationship with money. It was manifesting in my relationship with sex, with food, with my emotions, but it was very prevalent and problematic in my financial wellness, um, especially since like our money's a resource, right? Like we need resources in order to survive and get to a place in thriving in life. And so it was creating a really big problem in my life. And finally, even though by the time that I had filed for financial insolvency about almost like 12 months to this day ago, I was ready to fully embody financial responsibility. Maybe I didn't quite fully what that meant at the time. (laughs) I didn't really know what that meant because it's something I had to learn, right? I had to learn what it meant to be financially responsible. So I couldn't be certain about what that journey ahead was going to look like for me. But I was curious and I was excited and I was feeling catalyzed by the financial insolvency. The process of going through the financial insolvency was what activated me. It's what catalyzed me and initiated me into the practice of financial responsibility. And it's been an experimentation. It's been uh, using a lot of creativity in um, finding new ways to shift my relationship with money, to shift my relationship with abundance, which is huge because wealth is simply abundance in the 3D physical form. Wealth is abundance manifested. And so it's really been this experimentation, it's been this creativity in order to embody what it means to be financially uh, responsible. Now, what I want to bring to you in this episode is talking about ways that I have been feeling abundant, how I've been activating that sense of abundance while being on a quote-unquote restrictive budget. And you might be surprised to hear that the tips, the ideas that I want to share with you today do not have a sole focus on budgeting. Like it's not, these tips that I have are not going to be focused on, you know, sitting at your, sitting at your computer, analyzing your budget and figuring out how can I change where I'm allocating my money. That's not what this is about. This is truly going to be about the embodiment practices that I have implemented in order to activate that sense of feeling in in myself, activate that that feeling of abundance. Because 
I was an emotional spender, right? I talk about that a little bit in, ooh, I think it was episode 60 when I talk about the uh, connection between female disempowerment and money symptoms. My money symptoms were about emotional spending or they were reflected as emotional spending. I used money as a tool for emotional release. I was impulsive with money. And so because these were my money symptoms, simply following a budget was not going to correct the problem. No matter how hard I tried in the past, following a budget was not going to correct the problem. I've tried. I have fucking tried. (laughs) I have tried for years. I have, my mom taught me to be a like obsessive budgeter. Like that's what she was like. She obsessed, she was obsessed with her budget, but obsessing over the budget and having great awareness of the budget didn't matter. It didn't change my behaviors or my relationship with money. If anything, it just instilled fear in me and it made me want to be avoidant with my relationship with money because I felt so much guilt that I wasn't able to follow my budget. Even though at times in my life, I had more than enough money coming in. Like when I was a young adult, I was making like $60,000 Canadian a year. And like my expenses did not come to that every year. Like I had, I had disposable income, but I was impulsive with my money and I was spending money faster than I could earn it. And so it was never about being able to follow a budget because if that was simply the answer, wouldn't that be solving your money problems by now? You have to train your body to feel abundant. Whether you have more than enough money coming in or not, Because there are still people, and I was this person, remember, there are still people that have a steady and abundant flow of money coming in, but they are still disconnected from the feeling of abundance. They are still connected with the feeling of scarcity and lack. So it's about training your body, because this is not something that the mind can correct. Training your body to feel abundant on what is perceived as a restrictive budget because this episode is going to focus on when you're feeling like you're on a restrictive budget. So since I have filed for financial insolvency, some of the practical things or like the more getting nitty gritty down to the number things, since I filed for financial insolvency last year, even though I have been on what feels like a restrictive budget, there have been astronomical improvements to my financial situation. Um, If you check out the episode where I talked about how I manifested $24,000, I go into further detail about this, but I was able to pay off 
$14,000 in car debt. So that was throughout the whole period of last year. And also when um, our car was totaled off, we were able to pay off the remainder of the loan. So we paid off approximately $14,000 in car in our car loan. We were able to go on a $4,000 Mexico vacation. I was able to pay off a $1,500 business investment that I made, which was my trauma-informed coaching certification. And we, we had all of those big chunks of expenses and debt repayments. And during that time, we also maintained our credit card balances No, we didn't pay down our credit card balances because we've been focused on aggressively paying down one debt at a time. So that was our Mexico vacation, the business investment that I had made, and those are all now paid off. So now we're going to be shifting towards paying down our credit card balances, but we've been able to maintain those balances and they have not further gone into the negative. Like they've stayed at those balances and we have increased our retirement investment monthly contributions. So um, we were able to invest more money per month into our retirement. And other than accepting a loan payment for our hot water heater uh, at a 0% interest rate, we have not gone further into debt. We have paid more towards debt repayment than we have further gone into and we've increased our savings and all of this has gone on and we have managed to feel abundant on our budget without relying on credit cards or our overdraft accounts this is huge It is a huge improvement for our financial situation because my whole adult life, I've relied on credit cards. I've relied on the overdraft account in order to save me from the moments when I would be spending money faster than I could earn it. But that was not the case. So this has been a huge shift. And as I knew that I wanted to be creating this episode, I've been allowing the inspired thoughts come to me about like, what is it that really shifted in me? What was that realization? What was that big breakthrough moment that I was subconsciously integrating? Like, what was that? And suddenly, a couple of weeks ago, I had this realization. I had this breakthrough moment when I realized, like, yeah, I want the the luxurious, I want the abundant lifestyle that I'm striving towards, like, I want the simple luxuries in, in my future home that I'm, you know, slowly acquiring, I want to have the nice vehicle, I want to travel, I want to do, you know, all of the things, right, like, I've got this vision about the life that I want to live, right, this big abundant lifestyle and I've always dreamed of it, right? I want the time freedom, the whole shebang. But what I hadn't realized until recently is I've never lived a life in which I've lived within my means. I've always overspent my money. I've only ever lived a life in which I've spent more than I could afford, which meant that was my foundation. 
that was my foundation of my wealth consciousness. That was the foundation that my body was carrying and it was unsustainable. It meant the foundation that I was building for this luxurious and abundant life that I desired. It meant that the foundation that I had building towards that was unsustainable. And so before I could get to that life of luxury and abundance, it meant that I had to take away and dismantle and rewire that old foundation so that I could start moving towards a life that was achievable while spending within my means. Because the luxurious and abundant life that I desire, I want to be able to afford that. I want that life to be achievable. I want that life to be within my means. I don't want a luxurious and abundant lifestyle that is actually financially inaccessible, financially distressing, and financially irresponsible. I want it to be built upon generosity, leadership, ethical and purposeful wealth. I want it to have a stable foundation that is unshakable. And that was not the foundation that I was building. So I had to rewire that in myself so that I could start to achieve that lifestyle. And so I could build a foundation of living within my means first. So that's what I've been doing. Does it temporarily suck? Absolutely. (laughs) I like no sugarcoating it here. Yeah, I mean, it would be great if I could continue to be getting my nails done all the time or consistently getting my lashes done or going out to dinner all the time or, you know, doing X, Y, Z, right? Doing all of the things, but that are actually spending out of my means. It would be great if I could do those things. And it sucks that temporarily I had to forego those things, but I have to tell you how satisfying it is when the other day, I finished paying off my business investment. I paid the last $100 that was left on my on my business investment for my trauma-informed coaching certification. It felt so good that I was able to pay that and it was not financially distressing to be able to pay off that debt. It was like, hey, I have a choice here. I can either buy this barbecue that we've been manifesting, our family has been manifesting a new barbecue because ours is broken, or I could take this $100 and put it towards that debt. And I was able to sit there with myself and think, you know what? Yeah, I want this barbecue, but my true desire is to pay off this debt. I think it's going to be so much more fulfilling to be able to spend put that last $100 in that debt and feel that sense of freedom. Not just because the the debt will have been repaid, but because I was financially capable of paying off that debt and it still left me in a position where I felt abundant. Do you have any idea how fucking huge that is and how much I want that for you? That not only was I in a financial state of abundance, but I was also abundant in my choice. I was able to make a choice. I was not forced 
into a position because I had already made a $200 payment a couple of weeks prior to my to my debt repayment. I didn't have to pay that $100 again, but I wanted to. I chose to make that payment and that felt so good. So coming back to this idea of that foundation that I was building, first and foremost, you cannot change what you do not accept. I had to accept the fact, even though it wasn't conscious at the time, but I had to accept the fact that the choices that I was making were not supporting the lifestyle that I desired. So I had to accept that this is what my financial situation was and therefore I filed for financial insolvency. But that's when things actually started to change. When I started accepting the fact that this is my situation without judging myself, without labeling it as good or bad or right or wrong, without feeling guilt about the fact that I felt like you know, this was a failure or a financial low in my life. I accepted simply what is. That's when things really started to shift for me. And now I'm going to share with you the three things that I focused on embodying over the past year that have completely shifted my financial circumstances. And remember, these are not budgeting tips. None of these things involved me obsessing over my budget. These are embodiment practices. These are actions that I was taking and getting my body on board with. So the first thing, ask for and receive the generosity of others who are willing to share their wealth with you and do everything to give back what you can. This is huge. One of the reasons why I was going into so much debt is because I didn't rely or value a sense of community. I tried to buy everything myself and I didn't need all of the things that I bought because some things are open to sharing. There are things that people unnecessarily buy that could be shared amongst a community. There are experiences that can be shared amongst friends, amongst family, that can make those experiences more financially accessible. So let me give you some examples. Over the past year, we've been accepting invitations to go to our friends' cabins, you know, over summer holidays, for example. Going to friends' cabins and enjoying their spare bedrooms, enjoying their land, enjoying their property that they are willing to share with us, that they are generous with sharing. There's no taking advantage of them. This is something that was being offered to us. Our friends have wanted to share their spaces with us. And this is all about having the capacity to receive. So even though it's not like our friends were giving us money, what they were offering was something of value. And remember that money is simply a representation of value. How willing are you? How comfortable are you in receiving 
value? Does it make you feel guilty to receive value? Does it make you feel unworthy to receive value? Are you capable of receiving value? And are you therefore able to have gratitude for the value that you receive? So we've been enjoying going to cabins, both of our friends and as well recently, uh, my mom just bought a, bought a cabin in the forest on the lake. It's freaking awesome. And, you know, she's invited us to come out a few times to her cabin and we've been enjoying being in nature with fishing and she and her husband have been generous with their energy by like taking us fishing, teaching us how to fish and offering us food and the time wealth of being in their space, the social wealth of opening up their home to us. So another example of ways that we have received the generosity and wealth of others is accepting dinner invitations, going to potlucks where we bring an item and still receive more than enough abundance in return that's cultivating that that social wealth as well and being able to receive value in return more than what our investment was you know you invest one food item but receive i don't know six in return (laughs) you know when you get enough people together for a potluck or sometimes we haven't even needed to bring over potluck items we've simply been invited to for for dinners I've been invited to go out for dessert with friends and they've offered to pay for me to go out go out for dessert with them and I've had to train myself to feel good in that situation where I haven't necessarily had the budget that supports me being able to go out for dinner by myself or to offer for somebody to offer for me to take somebody out for for a dessert but grounding myself in the gratitude that hey someone is offering to take me out for dessert I don't need to feel guilty I don't need to turn this into a negative experience where I make the other person feel weird about offering to take me out for a dessert I can instead have appreciation and gratitude for that experience and it's opened me up to having a greater capacity to receive value in so many different avenues in my life and remember that the other part of this is is do everything you can to give back treat it as an energy exchange understanding that okay maybe I'm not able to offer in return to the same capacity that the other person is offering but like going to your friend's cabins for example can you contribute to the cleanup can you leave the property in the same or better condition than what you arrived in right so somehow finding ways to give everything back to show your appreciation and gratitude and knowing that this is an exchange of energy Yes, you are fully open-heartedly receiving and I'm sure that and, and, and knowing that these people are giving to you with no strings attached, but because you are giving from a place of generosity as well, not from a place of woundedness, 
but from a place of authentic generosity that you want to give and you are finding ways to give. This is also going to train you to have generosity embodied and integrated and gratitude integrated and wealth integrated by the time you are in a state where you have more than enough value in the form of money to give. Because this is the community that I'm cultivating. I'm cultivating a community of witchy women who are striving towards ethical and purposeful wealth. That's not something that's that's learned overnight. That's something that is integrated over time, especially if you've had a scarcity and fearful mindset and embodiment for years that's been ingrained in you. If you all of a sudden come into money, you don't all of a sudden shift into generosity because you're more than likely going to hoard or hold on to that money because that's what your body has been trained to do. You have to teach yourself how to be generous. So even before you have the money, it's about finding the ways and learning the ways to integrate generosity into your life. This means even like giving away your last dollar, <laughs> like literally giving away your last dollar and not knowing when you're going to have another dollar again, knowing like I'm giving this away because I want to be generous and because I want to help this person and because I feel purposeful when I give this last dollar away and it's not coming from a place of expectation like, oh, if I give this dollar away, I know that the universe is going to pay me back because it has to and because and you're giving from a place of fear like thinking oh oh if I don't give this last dollar away and somebody's asking me for it then bad karma is going to come to me so I should just give this last dollar away and just hope and pray that I'm going to get my money back that's not the energy we want here we want the energy of like this truly fills my cup to be able to give this last dollar away and I have faith that somehow, some shape or form of another, I'll receive value back to me in my life, but I don't have the expectation of it. So ask for and receive the generosity of others who are willing to share their wealth with you and do everything you can to give, to give back because one day you are going to be financially abundant and you are going to be in a position where you can share in abundance in generosity and isn't that what you truly desire don't you truly desire to share your wealth don't you truly desire to share in abundance so that you can then be that friend or be that family member that shares their cabin or invites your friends over for dinner without expectations so the next tip that i have is to check your impulsivities this was a huge one for me. We are so conditioned in our society to have a consumer mindset. So I'm going to come back to this barbecue example. So my family has been manifesting a new barbecue. Ours has been broken for a couple of years. And initially, like we have a really good barbecue. It was initially a large investment, like somewhere around $1,000 for this barbecue that we have. And so initially we thought, oh, we might fix this barbecue because that is more, um, you know, ethical, sustainable for the environment rather than getting rid of our, like throwing the barbecue out 
and said, we'll try to fix it. But as it turns out, long story short, fixing it is just not really going to be an option. And so it's been sitting on our deck for the past two years, just calling to us, (laughs) like, get rid of me, replace me you know, I'm sitting here, I'm dead weight sort of thing. And so it's been on our mind to get a new barbecue. And when it came to a couple of weeks ago, when we had some disposable income, we were checking out a new barbecue to buy. We're like, well, we don't, we don't need a thousand dollar barbecue. Like we can get a $200 barbecue and it'll work just fine and it will be perfect for us because it's not like we're avid barbecuers or anything like that we're not like that's just not who we are we we don't need that we can be happy with a $200 barbecue and so when it came to having that disposable extra income and Jeremy and I were sitting uh sitting together and discerning how we were going to spend this extra money that we had initially I thought you know what We actually don't have quite as extra money as we thought. We wanted to get a barbecue. I'd really like to pay off this extra debt. And then he said, well, you know, I do want the barbecue. And we did just pay $200 towards your your trauma course. Like, we don't have to pay that last $100. I was like, yeah, you're right. We don't have to pay that last $100. So we were sitting there contemplating... But both of us realized in that moment, like, something's just not quite sitting right here. Something feels impulsive about buying this barbecue. It doesn't feel expansive to buy this barbecue right now. And so Jeremy said, let's sleep on it. Let's not, let's not just go buy this barbecue. And I said, good idea. We won't, we'll just sleep on it. And so I woke up the next morning and I thought, you know, I've really been enjoying relying on our, on our community, relying on the support of our community and cultivating community by bringing over steaks to our friend's house and using their barbecue. So sharing food, coming back to tip number one, you know, receiving the generosity of others, they're sharing their propane, they're sharing their barbecue, sharing their home, opening up their home to us, but we're bringing the steak, right? We've invested in the steak, the the heart of that meal. We're bringing that over and we've really been enjoying the company and the community that's being cultivated there. Sure, we could buy our own barbecue. We could stay at home and, you know, enjoy our own barbecue, be self-sufficient, but we also want to spend time with our friends. We want to get out this summer. We want our kids to play together. We want to break bread and share our food and have those nourishing connections with our community. And if we get our own barbecue, that may actually take away from that. Our home at this point, um, it's small, like we have a humble home and we can have people over at our place, but we want to be with friends and family that have children that are Noah's age and our home simply just doesn't facilitate having a whole bunch of kids in our house. Usually the places we've been going to 
have um, there's been lots of space, lots of outdoor space, lots of toys um, for Noah to play with, and it's been more enjoyable to go to other places. And so we decided that we're going to hold off on the barbecue for now. We might still get one this summer, but right now in this moment when we have the abundance of choice, we're going to choose community and financial freedom over consumerism, over getting feeling impulsive and pressured to have to get our own barbecue when we can share with others. So kind of like the thought process that went into this is can you enjoy something that you have before reaching for something new? I forgot a part of this story here. We also wanted to buy flowers for our deck. And um, so at the time of this recording, it's June 7th, and I've been wanting to buy flowers for our deck for the past month. And it was a week before the May long weekend in Canada. So I think that was like May 20th. I was like feeling the impulse, the body impulse, like, oh, I want to go buy flowers. But here's the thing. My flower pots still had the dead flowers from two years ago in them. Um, They were not in a state where they were ready to receive new flowers in them. I did not have my deck set up in a way that would have supported having flowers. I was not prepared to receive the manifestation of flowers. So I had to prepare myself to receive those flowers. And I realized I was being impulsive and reaching for something new and having a sense of urgency for flowers, even though I wasn't ready to receive them. I would not have enjoyed the flowers as much unless if I had prepared myself to receive them. So I recognized that in myself. I recognized that and I calmed that sense of urgency in myself and I felt excited about the opportunity to prepare myself for receiving the manifestation of flowers. So we prepared our deck. I rearranged the furniture that felt really good and vibey for summer. I cleaned out the flower pots and prepared them. I also cleaned out our storage shed, which is attached to our deck. So it feels so like the energy is so good on our deck right now. And I'm loving it. And that's what I, that was the state that I wanted my deck in before receiving the flowers. And then by the time that it came, so like, I guess this was almost a week ago that we bought the flowers, I it felt so aligned to have these flowers. It didn't feel like, oh, now I got to do a bunch of work now that I have these flowers. Like, I'm not even ready for these flowers. Why did I go out and get them? It was like, no, like, I'm open and ready to receive, I'm open and ready to receiving the manifestation of these flowers and now I truly deeply enjoy them. I have so much gratitude for these flowers. I feel so abundant having these flowers instead of feeling like the flowers were forced, like they were impulsive and that they were going to require a bunch of work. So check your impulsivities. Are you feeling a sense of urgency to buy something now don't get me wrong I fully recognize like sometimes there's legitimate urgency like sometimes there's 
like an emergency. Like you have to buy something because your your livelihood relies on it, right? Like sometimes you have to do that. I totally get that, but that's a different situation. My livelihood did not rely on flowers. Sure, my joy, my joy did. You know, enjoying my deck even more. Yeah, absolutely. But there was no true sense of urgency. The urgency that I had a month ago or almost a month ago when I had the first impulse to buy my fire flowers, that was inappropriate for the situation. My level of urgency was incongruent with the situation. So checking yourself, is your urgency congruent and appropriate for the situation? If it's not, where does that sense of urgency come from? Can you sit with the discomfort of that urgency, witness it, and choose to fill that sense of urgency with self-validation before seeking an external tool? Can you find something else that maybe you already have that can fill that sense of urgency to fulfill that sense of urgency before looking to bring something new into it. So for us, that was the barbecue and recognizing we value community more than we value consumerism. With the flowers, it was like, I'm ready. I need to actually prepare myself to get these flowers. I need to utilize the tools that I already have. So preparing the flower pots that I already own, setting up the deck that I already own, my furniture that I already own. I need to get that all set up before I can truly appreciate these flowers, right? So I needed to utilize all of my existing tools, become more aware of my existing abundance getting present with my already existing abundance before I was my body was ready to fully appreciate the receiving of more abundance check your emotions what's the emotions behind this sense of urgency are you trying to feel a feeling of lack because that's how it was initially with the barbecue and the flowers I felt lacking I wasn't connected with abundance when the first urgencies or first impulses came in. And when I finally said no to the barbecue, that was coming from a decision of abundance because I valued the abundance of my community. So I was checking my emotions on that. And if you determine, if you discern that your emotions are inappropriate like your impulses if they are inappropriate with the situation can you instead instead of going out and spending your money can you physically move your body instead of just spending the money because that's really where a lot of the emotional spending is coming from is trapped stagnant energy in your body that's seeking a resolution it's seeking an exit point in your body, in your body, that it's previously been using money as an external tool to do so with, but it hasn't been fulfilling for you. Can you go for a walk instead and go appreciate nature, fill your cup up with nature instead of spending money? Can you 
Do an exercise. Can you do some rage dancing? Can you tap? You know, emotional freedom technique. Can you do any of these things? Can you use any of your emotional regulation tools? Uh, I have an abundance of these tools inside of MMM, which is one of the things that's going to help you alleviate your emotional spending and increase your connection to value, so therefore your relationship with money. Can you use external tools to fulfill these emotional needs within you instead of just going out and spending money? This is also going to help you alleviate so much guilt and so much buyer's remorse. Oh, buyer's remorse. I am no foreigner to buyer's remorse. (laughs) I have had so much buyer's remorse. And let me tell you, buyer's remorse is something that I would have felt in buying those flowers on my initial impulse because I wasn't ready for them. I would have felt remorseful because I was not ready to receive them. So this is going to help you alleviate those feelings of guilt and it's only going to make you feel expansive and abundant in your decisions. And the last tip that I have for you, so tip number three, is to align your spending habits with your values. So inside of MMM, under the module of Manifestation 101, I have you go through this exercise of analyzing your values. I give you an integration book that gives you a list of like 200 different values or qualities that you wish to embody. And it goes, makes you go through this process of helping you figure out like, what do you truly value in life? I usually do this exercise a couple of times a year and I reevaluate what my values are because as you evolve, as you grow your values might change. And so it's really important to train yourself to have awareness of what are your values. So my top 10 values are energy. Energy is my number one. And the rest are not in any specific order, but energy I know for sure is my number one. But energy, gratitude, generosity, curiosity, authenticity, compassion, leadership, connection, intuition, and wealth. So when I am making decisions with my money, I'm checking my values. So when it came to, you know, the decision about the barbecue and how I wanted to be generous with my community, I wanted to be able to bring dishes of food over to my friend's house in exchange for their barbecue, but I wanted to be I wanted that to be a generous moment. A generous moment of giving food while also experiencing connection with my community, right? Like this is all part of my values. I recognized that luxury was not one of my top 10 values. Sure, I care about luxury, but it's not the main focus of my life right now. And so I don't make decisions with my money based on luxury. I may in the future start to do that, But at this moment, that doesn't align for me. These are the values that I am embodying. These are the values that I allow to guide my everyday decisions, even more than just outside, like even outside my relationship with money. These guide all of my decisions. Ask yourself before purchasing something, how much value does this add 
to my life. And we decided with the barbecue that it just didn't add that much value. But community does. And so that really helped us feel truly abundant. Like truly, truly abundant. There was no lack in that decision. It was a true embodiment. And these values helped me get to that place of feeling abundant in the decision. So I invite you to analyze your values and consult your values before making those financial decisions, especially the big ones. Now, I will say when it comes to consulting your values and when it comes to looking at where you're allocating your money each month, give yourself one thing that you can have a generous budget with each month. And maybe this is a biased a biased thing because generosity is one of my top 10 values as I just listed to you. And because wealth and energy are part of my values and health, um, there are four types of wealth. There's time, social, health, and financial forms of wealth. And so health is really important to me. So if you could give yourself one thing that you could have a generous budget with each month, allow that to be accessible to you. And for me, that one thing is groceries. There is nothing else that I could buy that instills a feeling of abundance more than seeing a fuck ton of fresh fruit on my counter. Produce occupies more than half of my monthly budget. We have a, between three people in our house, we have a $1,000 grocery budget, Canadian, $1,000 grocery budget. That is generous, but it's generous because we value health. And let's be honest here, with the rising food costs lately, in order to maintain the type of health that we desire, we've had to increase our grocery budget in order to be able to buy all of the fresh produce that keeps us healthy, that keeps our energy levels high. And when I see that fruit on the counter, when I see the giant, beautiful watermelon, when I see the pile of oranges that are overflowing in the abundance and they don't even fit in the bowl that I put them in, when I see all of the lemons and the limes that I can cut up and just you know, put a fresh lemon in my water or my tea, or when I see the apples that I can just, you know, I don't have to count them. I can just grab an apple as I please, or the 30 bananas that are sitting on the counter, and I can just be so generous and abundant with myself and eating as much fruit as I could possibly desire. That, like, I'm getting tingles thinking about it right now because of how abundant that makes me feel. And so I allow myself to have a generous grocery budget. And, you know, there are some things that I have sacrificed in order to have that. Like how I said earlier, you know, I stopped getting my nails done, which by the way, I'm actually going to be able to start doing again because we've paid off a couple of our debts. And so I'm going to be able to start introducing that again soon. But, you know, I've, I've sacrificed a couple of things that, you know, don't 
don't align with my values as much as groceries do. But groceries will always be my thing, I feel. (laughs) Having an abundance of food and having choice amongst the food that's in my home fills me with so much gratitude and wealth and energy, which are three three of my top 10 values. So I invite you to focus on the fulfillment that you feel from spending on what truly aligns with your values instead of focusing on what you feel is still lacking in your life. I haven't been focusing on the fact that, you know, I haven't been able to get my nails done or that I haven't been able to get my lashes done, but you know what? I have nail polish at home that I can use. I've got a lash serum at home that I wasn't using that has actually been proving to be really effective that I've been using on my lashes once a day to help them grow long. And like, cause when I stopped getting my lashes done, like my lash, my poor lashes, they were, they were, they were looking rough. (laughs) They were really short. I felt pretty sad about that when I had to stop getting my lashes done, but I found this serum that I hadn't opened yet and I was like, oh, I can use this. And my lashes have like tripled in length since I started using it about six weeks ago or so. And I found it like it's something that was already existing. So again, instilling a feeling of abundance, something that I had that I could already utilize. And, you know, I already had nail polish. I haven't used it yet because I'm waiting for my nails to grow out. But I, I might actually get to have my nails done before I need to use the nail polish because um, I've been waiting for them to fully grow out. But nevertheless, like I just simply haven't been making those things the focus for me. Instead, I've been inflating myself with the feeling of the fulfillment and the abundance of what I've been I've been capable of spending my money on that truly aligns with my values. And that feels so much more purposeful and ethical. Now, all of these tips that I've given you, recognize that this is going to take time. Integration does not happen overnight. These are non-budget tips, right? Like these are not things that you're using your mind for. These are things that you're checking in with your body's sensations, your body's feelings and attitudes towards your behaviors with money. In order to rewire what your body is feeling, like that takes time. Mindset shifts can happen like that, but that doesn't happen for the body. It takes time for the body to catch up. So know that this is going to take time and that is a beautiful opportunity for you to activate your embodiment of time wealth. In fact, it's a beautiful opportunity for you to activate all of the forms of wealth before you finish off with financial wealth. You get to activate time wealth. You get to activate social wealth. You get to activate health wealth. All of these tips that I've given you activate time wealth, social wealth, and health wealth. When you can truly value your time wealth, your social wealth, and health wealth, you open your heart up to truly activating financial wealth. And that is happening for me now. Because on paper, up until like a couple of weeks ago, on paper, 
my financial income hadn't changed that much. Recently, over the past like two weeks, my financial income has increased, even though, by the way, I am celebrating having gone down to one day a week at my part-time job because we've been we've been blessed with other avenues of of financial blessings. So only up until like the past couple of weeks has our financial receivings increased. But up until that point, it was really about focusing on time wealth, social wealth, and health wealth. Because if you only focus on the financial wealth, well, then you're not going to feel the value of your time wealth, social wealth, and health wealth. And isn't that why you want financial wealth? Don't you want financial wealth so that you can expand into more time wealth? Don't you want time freedom? Don't you want time freedom so that you can spend more time with the people that you love? Don't you want more financial wealth so that you can invest more money into your physical health? What if we have that backwards? What if you can actually activate your time, social, and health wealth before you even have the financial wealth? What if the key ingredient to activating your financial wealth lies in your capacity to connect with time, social, and health wealth? The integration process, the activation of all of your forms of wealth are what lie beyond the doors of MMM. On the other side of the doors of money, menstruation, and manifestation and or my Embody Your Wealth one-on-one coaching is that activation of your time wealth, social wealth, health wealth, and financial wealth. If this is something that you are ready to experience at a higher level, concentration of potency if you want my energy to activate you into your time social health and financial wealth that is what lies before you on the other side of the doors of mmm and embody your wealth coaching the links are in my bio if you want to go check that out you can enroll in mmm at any time the doors are always open it is my signature self-paced program and my embody your wealth coaching is a simple instagram dm away where we have a conversation to see if you and i are a good fit with each other or you can also book a connection consultation with me if you would prefer to hop on a call together i am so passionate about leading you to activate all of your forms of wealth and if this episode really spoke to you I invite you to explore the options of you and I working together, whether it be inside of my program or one-on-one. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you found it inspiring, activating, expansive, and abundant. And I so look forward to connecting with you on the next episode. Bye for now. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Each message that I share is enriched with expansive, passionate, and purposeful energy. If you felt awakened to your evolution, please pass on that energy by downloading, subscribing, and sharing on your favorite social platform. Click the links in this episode to enroll in the Wealth Witch Freebie Library and subscribe to the Wealth Witch email list to receive updates about the podcast and all of my offerings. 
Be sure to follow at the.wealthwitch on TikTok and Instagram for more daily and easily digestible messages that awaken your inherent abundance. I'm sending you so much love and gratitude, and I look forward to sharing more with you in the next episode. That's it for now, boo. Now go make some fucking magic.